Hey everyone, this is JJ Outlaw of the Gourmet Goober podcast. And this episode of the Gourmet Goober was recorded prior to the devastating news that the world received this um, Sunday, January the 26th, when we learned of the loss of Kobe Bryant, his 13-year-old daughter Gianna, and seven other passengers after the um, unfortunate helicopter crash that occurred over Calabasas, California. First of all, we wanted to take this opportunity to express our condolences to all those affected, be they fans, friends of the people who have passed away, um, family members. Um, Again, this news was devastating to everyone who received it in some way. It certainly was to the two of us as we were both fans of Kobe. And we share the mourning of the loss of these lives um, after the senseless tragedy. The other reason why we thought it might be appropriate to address it before the podcast is that during one of the pop culture segments, we do make several references to death um, because there is a very prominent ad campaign um, that actually used that as a means to um, build um, attention related to the Super Bowl. So we wanted to um, take an opportunity to acknowledge that first of all, because some of the references in hindsight um, may seem insensitive in light of this tragedy. That was certainly not our intention. And again, we just wanna take this opportunity to express our condolences as the world looks to move on from this tragedy um, and what happened to these lives taken way too soon. So again, thank you for listening and now on to the show. This is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And you are listening to a new episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast. You can find me, JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober, all the time on the Twitters, as the kids call it. I'm at JJ Outlaw. You can also catch me on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. And as always, I'm here with my, I almost said psychic. You're not a psychic. I'm your bud. You're my Rudy. <laughs> yes, my bud. But I'm a Rudy. Um, you know, Big Daddy, T Outlaw, my husband, co-host, Bud. <laughs> my name's Kenny. No. <laughs> You're my <name's> Bud. <laughs> Kenny. My name's T Outlaw. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. You can find me, T Outlaw, at T Outlaw, T O U T L A W. As opposed to some other people who misspell really horrible words. 
Um, and you can find me on Instagram at T Outlaw Josie Wells, like the movie. You can also see us on Facebook, although just to warn you, Facebook is not my favorite medium, so I I don't do the most on our Facebook page, but we do have it, and it's at the Gourmet Goober blog. Drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. And if you happen to be on the YouTubes, we actually have a channel through our distributor, Poem Good Media, so you can listen to old episodes and things like that. Um, but welcome. We're so excited. The second big episode of the year. Um, 2020. Yeah. 2020. <laughs> yes. I still can't believe we're like in a new decade. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, but yeah. So welcome. <laughs> we're in here. Sorry, you threw you totally threw me off when you did the Rudy and Bud joke because that's kind of like our nickname for each other. And if you don't know what that refers to, um, remember the Cosby show, you guys, where Rudy was one of um, the Huxtable kids and her best friend was a man, a little boy named Kenny. But she decided his name was not Kitty. She decided his name was Bud. <laughs> My name's Kenny. And I don't know, where did we start calling each other Rudy and Bud? That was like... No, our friends used to refer to us as Rudy and Bud, yeah. Yeah. Our friends, because we've been together since college, um, used to call us Rudy and Bud. And because we were best friends, but we really liked each other, (laughs) just like Rudy and Bud did. Mm Mm-hmm. So it kind of stuck. So The other thing that threw me about that show was, you know, it was a... The problem with, like, I know they, because I was a Cosby Show aficionado, that Rudy's full name was Rudy Lilligan Huxtable, but no one ever found out what Bud's last name was, or Kenny. It didn't were, matter. It was Bud. It Once was she renamed Bud. him, it, the, the name didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, remember how, like, Kenny it was had just a, Bud. <laughs> remember how Kenny had a brother, like, they started off with, like, you know, uh, Kenny's like, you know, big brother who always oh. gave him horrible advice. Oh, yeah, the one who gave really sexist advice on how to treat a woman. <laughs> right. But the thing was, no one ever mentioned, like, what the name, his last name was. You know, you're right. Yeah, because you, like, everyone, like, Rudy's friends had a last name. Kenny was the only one that. Well, that's never not came true. Up. What was Peter's last name? Chiara. So the little kid, he kept running away. His last name was Chiara. Yeah, Chiara. Yeah, because he had a little later on in the series, they had like a he had a little smaller uh, brother named Paul. Oh, that's right. And his dad was on the show one time. Yeah, and his dad was kind of the same way, kind of squeamish. Yeah, said absolutely nothing throughout the entire <laughs> thing, or very little. Paul had no problem talking. <laughs> but yeah, Peter but- Chiara, and you know, but Peter. I'm sorry, Kenny had no last name. I'm telling you, he probably did. But at some point, Rudy decided he, he was Bud. And then that was that. It was yeah. just Bud. <laughs> so for all you listeners out there, <laughs> if you truly know Kenny's last name or you are Dion Richmond and you want to enlighten us, please do so. Yes, we, we're kind of curious. Yeah. And I know for multiple reasons, talking about the Cosby show is deeply problematic for people and we get it. But that being the case... Rudy and Bud was kind of like the nickname that was given to us in the 90s and it's 
stuck with us ever since. So that is just what we call ourselves. So if you ever look on my Instagram page, and I know sometimes people are confused when I put a message and it's the two kids from the Cosby show. Mm-hmm. It's really me talking to my husband because we're Rudy and Bud. Yes, <laughs> that is us. But my name's Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, your name is T. We won't say the rest of it. So, Big Daddy. <laughs> that dude. Yes. So, Bud, how was your week? As we start every podcast sharing the details of our week. <laughs> yes. Uh, for the most part, my week or uh, past a time between episodes was fairly decent. Um, that being said, you're once again going to have to forgive me because uh, because of the time of year and just my nature, I have been struggling with my own general slight health uh, colds as usual, but I'm trying to be a good soldier and move through that. Uh, but other than that, and, you know, weather being a little freaky, but not, you know, we've been really lucky so far here and not having horrible weather so far. God bless us. But, um, yeah, for the most part, it's actually been a good week. Well, for my week, I have to say I faced a, some challenges. Um, one related to my health, which I decided not to go into details about. But um, so it it's enough to say that it was enough that, you know, for the larger part of the week um, leading up to a conversation I had towards the week's end, it was disappointing. Um, but, you know, it's not bad. It's something that happens with life, um, shall I say. Um, I, I can say that I'm very grateful that Big Daddy was here to be a really good um, support for me, which is always good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without, again, going to details, it's I discussed it in an earlier podcast, so it's a continuation of my time that I spent in the hospital. Um, but, yeah, um, I'm still fairly confident that, you know, my issue we caught early enough so it won't be a, a, a long-term struggle. And I'm just again, I cannot say enough great things about the people at Methodist Hospital South Lake. Is it South Lake the one in Miraville? Yes, the one yeah. in Miraville is South Lake Mall. Yeah, because they... <laughs> like I just called it a mall. <laughs> it is not a mall. It's near a mall. It is near a mall. <laughs> you know what it is? South Lake is also the name of the mall. Yes. Okay. But <laughs> as you guys are completely confused. That's okay. But um they have been incredible and following up with me and making sure that my health and I stay um, well taken care of. And, you know, when I had a really hard moment, there was even a woman who pulled me inside and and just gave me a really great heart to heart. And then she pulled big daddy aside and talked to us as well. So that, you know, more than made up for some of the challenges, I think Um, outside of that, the other challenge I faced this week was commuting to and from work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I live in Northwest Indiana, you guys, and I work in Chicago. Yes. So there's two major ways you can get to work. Most people either drive, um, mm-hmm. or if the weather is really crazy and sticky, you can take what's known as the Indiana South Shore, which is a commuter train that runs from South Bend, Indiana through, um, 
Chicago, and it ends in downtown Chicago, near the Loop and Mich- um, uh, Michigan, Michigan Avenue? Yeah, Randolph and Michigan, um, Millennium Station. So the South Shore Line is an electric train, so it runs over overhead lines, and that's how it connects. And basically, it owns its lines to it gets to the border of Chicago, and then it shares its lines with the um, the Metra, which is the Chicago commuter trains that takes people from various parts of the suburbs into the city. Um, the Metra trains run on the same lines, right? So we share their lines. So if there's something that goes wrong with their lines, it affects us. So on Thursday, um, I was on my way to work. I left hella early. And as I was going towards work, I um, got stuck on a train (laughs) for over an hour. How did you get stuck on a train for an hour? (laughs) So we're commuting in. And the funny thing is, I usually am knocked the hell out on when I commute in because I leave so early, like I leave at 6.45, at 6.50 in the morning to get there by nine o'clock that usually I sit in, I put my headphones on, I listen to music or a podcast or Joe Madison, and then I'm knocked out usually within 10 minutes, but I'm not so asleep that I don't notice when the train stops. (laughs) And I always seem to wake up before my destination. I don't know how that happens. Um, but anyway, so I was asleep on the train on Thursday and then I noticed that we had stopped and it was earlier than we should have been. So I woke up just in time to hear the announcement from the conductor that the Metro lines in front of us, um, were, were down. One of the lines that the trains connect to, to move were down and that we were stalled indefinitely. And we're all like, define indefinitely. (laughs) And the poor conductor came through and he's like, well, we don't know when we're going to move. And then when we do move, remember that we don't own the lines. So there's like several trains that were backed up, both metro trains and then South Shore trains. So the train that left maybe 15 minutes before us um, from the Miller stop, it was stopped up ahead too, but they had to clear all the Metro trains because it's their lines before we can even move. So why exactly were they all backed up? Because the, one of the lines were down. Okay. So one of the lines just like the power line. I'm thinking it was the power line. They were really kind of nondescript, but what I'm guessing is the reason why I decided not to drive was it was snowing pretty heavily Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't like to drive in the Chicago when it's snowy. I, I just, I hate to be in the interstate and, you know, dealing with Chicago traffic and then dealing with it being icy and stuff. So I'm like, I'd rather take the train in. And silly me, I thought, oh, it'll probably be easier for me to take the train than the drive. Ha ha. Little did I know. So <laughs> we're just waiting on this train for latter part of an hour. And then when they realize that, okay, we're not very far from one of the stops, we're just going to open the door and just let you get out if you want to get out. So I'm sitting here and keep in mind, everyone decided to take the train instead of driving. So this was a huge packed train. 
So there is like a wall of people getting out single file <laughs> at the um, museum campus stop, which is the stop that's closest to where the bears play. I yes, can't... near Soldier Field. Yeah, near Soldier Field. Um, so we waited for an hour. Then they opened the door. I finally got off. So we're walking single file. There's two tracks, by the way, that goes to and from the city. Um, as I was walking, because I was one of the last people to leave the train, there was another metro that came up on the other track. That They just decided, why are we all using the same track? There's no outbound trains coming. Let's use the other track. So the other track that doesn't have anything wrong with it, there's a metro train that pulls up. Now, keep in mind, metro in South Shore, even though we share the same track, they are very adamant you cannot get on a metro train if you're a South Shore customer and vice versa. Correct. Like they don't recognize each other. The conductor regularly tells you when the doors stop at the shared stops, this is going to Indiana. If you're a metro customer, get out. They are very, very definitive about that. But in this case, the guy pulls up, right? And I'm the last of the people to walk off the train. And I have to make my way to Humble Park. And he's like, oh, he opens up the door. You guys, come on. Really? We're, we're South Shore people. Yeah, yeah, come on, come on. So we all get on the train. And we start bypassing the people on the other trains that stuck. And it was so funny because you could see these faces pressed against the window. Because they let the South Shore people out, but not the better people out. So there is one track that's completely backed up at least eight or nine cars of different trains over the past hour um, that's built up. And then there's us. We're just kind of strolling by. Hey, <laughs> I don't know why y'all didn't use the other line. <laughs> it was kind of nice. <laughs> so... Lucky for me, my boss was really great. Um, so I texted the executive director um, due to some changeovers at my job. Now I report to the executive director directly. <laughs> <clears throat> mm -hmm. And she was fantastic about the whole thing. And yeah. So other than getting stuck on the train and getting weird, um, the weird health scare, this was a great week. <laughs> okay. It was a good week other than that. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, it's, it wasn't without its challenges, but I can't complain. Things at work were really great. Okay. Um, and the commute in, I got a chance to um, attend a tasting for a gala that my organization's hosting. So that was great. I got paid to try really fabulous food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, other than that, it was a good week. Okay. That's always, always a positive thing. <laughs> uh, that being said, one of the other things that became a large portion became the 400 pound gorilla that has been over us and all of us as a national community is the current impeachment trials. Oh, yeah. You know, I was, we were debating whether or not we were going to talk about that because Decidedly, we have not been a political show, and 
We did that intentionally for a number of reasons. One is even though we do have opinions and we have shared them, um, by and large, there are certain discussions that I don't think belong on this particular podcast. Mm-hmm. And I got to be honest too. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of them. And there are some people out there who do nothing but troll podcasts and the hopes of listening to opinions they disagree with and decide to make their host life miserable. And this is not a full-time job for us at this time. So we have other things that we do and I do have a very active life online. And I just, we just decided that the smoke is not important for us. Um, That's not to say if you don't ask us, yeah, our good friends know exactly where we stand on certain things. Um, But that being said, the short nuts of this is that we are a podcast and who talk. Yes, we talk about food. Yes, we talk about pop culture. That being said, this disclaimer is about what we are. And the thing is, we will talk about what we want to talk about, but for the sake of our own sanity. Yes. And let me emphasize the word sanity. Sanity. <laughs> sanity. <laughs> yes. I use, she uses sanity. I use sanity, even though <laughs> it's spelled the exact same way because we want to stay sane <laughs> in doing this. But the theory is that, yes, even during our Friday together, on two occasions, unprompted, we were, uh, we came across people who were giving their opinions about climate change, about erosion, about the impeachment trials. I'm provoked once again, and we decided to just say, okay. We're just going to steer clear of it. Exactly. So and- that's the, exactly the way we would like to continue this podcast. And, and that's not to say that we have not been paying attention because one I think it's very important for people to pay attention to what's going on because ultimately what has been presented and what has apparently happened in our name as a country is very disturbing. Um, That said, I I just, you know, we're food and pop culture podcast and I just don't think this is the proper venue to discuss it. That said, um, this is an area for us to act a fool. Everything else is <laughs> just there on need to know basis. It the impeachment trial did affect us, obviously, because <laughs> there is you couldn't escape it this week. It was just everywhere. Yes. Like, you know, on the regular news, poor Big Daddy, he's home during the day while I'm at work. Um, one of his greater joys is watching. <laughs> Can I reveal? CBS soap operas. Okay. When I met Big Daddy, we met in college, right? One of his favorite shows is The Young and the Restless. I'm not even kidding. Like, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, how he used to schedule classes around YNR. <laughs> and it was kind of like a bonding moment for us. So we used to joke about it all the time. And years later, he still watches. Except this week, because it's all been impeachment, because of the weird timing they've had the impeachment trials on. So literally from morning to like when I come in the evening, it's like, Oh, it's still on. Okay. Well, I can't watch my favorite shows because all the news is this news. So in order to make up for it, one disturbing, well, I don't think it's disturbing. I think it's kind of hilarious because 
are <laughs> because we didn't want to become all consumed with the trial. Yes. We found ourselves watching a lot of Ratchet television. A lot of it. <laughs> like, shout out to Pluto TV. And if you guys don't know what Pluto TV, Pluto TV is now my favorite freaking thing in the whole fucking world. Excuse my language. But seriously, it's like this network that you can get for free. It's free streaming channels. Um, I've had it for a number of years. When it first started out, it was just like a few things, but now they have like deals with Viacom. You can watch CNN on it. You can um, look at news programs like the Young Turks. They have multiple um, movie channels. So they have one that's just all horror flicks. And I love horror and cheesy 80s films and things like that. But there is one channel that they put on um, Pluto TV that has kind of become our crutch since the impeachment trials have started. So much so that Big Daddy has said that I need an intervention. Yes, you did. <laughs> You've watched it too, and you can't blame it for me. Unwillingly kicking and screaming. No, no, it's not unwillingly. Um, there's a love and hip hop streaming channel on Pluto TV. <laughs> it's all episodes of love and hip hop all the time, right? So you can like stream whole seasons of love and hip hop with minimum commercials. And mostly they focus, and if take a step back, first of all, if you're not familiar with Love and Hip Hop, it is the most ratchet, ridiculous show ever. Mm-hmm. I really love it. Um, it follows the lives of these people that have connections to the music industry sometimes. Not all of them are musicians. Some of them are dancers. Some of them are rappers. Some of them are R&B singers. Some of them are video vixens. I don't know if they still use that title anymore. Um, but yeah, they just have all different. And there's multiple cities, right? So right now there's New York, there's Atlanta, there's Miami, and there's Hollywood. I did not know this. Oh, yeah. There's Hollywood one, too. Once again, I like to take, the, uh, <laughs> I like to take this example of, of showing how much she is deeply into this. And she's breaking this down. I'm sitting here like... I just know that there is a show called Love and Hip Hop and people get their ratchet asses just going. Okay. No, no, no. There are multiple franchises, okay? I've watched enough of them that I have favorite cities. So in terms oh, of ranking, Lord. don't laugh at me. You know I like that. <laughs> so like my favorite one is the Atlanta one. And that's the one with like Mimi Fowles. And producer Stevie J and Benzino, who you may know, started the Source magazine years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Kay Michelle is on there. I know all their names. And then my second favorite is Miami. <laughs> that actually has Trina, the rapper, the baddest bitch from Miami. <laughs> um, Trick Daddy's on it. Amara the Negra. The kids, yeah. Yes. Trick Daddy loves the kids. Amara the Negra. Um, Trina's cousin, Bobby, um, lights is on there. Um, there's the New York cast. The New York cast is badass. So they have everyone from Safari to rich, oh rich homie dollars to Remy Ma and, and Papoose, who are my favorite people in the whole world. They're my friend in my head outside of Amara and, and Mimi. <laughs> and then they have like the 
the Hollywood cast, which I, I don't like the Hollywood. I don't know why. I think it's because Ray J's on there, and he's annoying. Wait a minute. Ray J, like, with Kim Kardashian? Yeah. Ex- okay. Ray J's on that show. Yo-Yo. The rapper Yo-Yo is on that show. You mean you can't play with my Yo-Yo? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's really interesting because they have these people that apparently are like up and coming rappers, but you've never heard of. And then people that you like really know, like Waka Flocka Flame or something. Um, What I love about this show is they don't, pre- you know how you watch some reality shows and they pretend like the cameras aren't there. <laughs> no, these people, they're ridiculous. They're ratchet. And then every so often they get into these ridiculous fights to the point where the fourth wall is broken, not by the people on camera, but by the production crew because they have to intervene. So it's not uncommon for like, there's this one episode that I watched and I laughed so hard. I almost woke up big daddy and I was really kind of embarrassed by it where, (laughs) where this woman, um, her name is Carly red. She's one of the characters on, not a character. She's a person person on the show she's dating a rapper named young jock and they're going to move in together okay so they're looking for this house right so they get to the house the person who is the quote-unquote realtor has already been seen on the show and multiple other jobs other than being a realtor like they went somewhere and she was their like limo driver and then she went to a photo shoot where she visited young jock and she was young jock's stylist so now this person is like <laughs> their realtor. So she's like a valet. She's a au pair. She handles everything. Right. She's like, you remember the episode of Living Color where they used to joke about having 10 jobs, the Jamaicans? Yes. And they're like, I'm a butler. I'm a doctor. I'm a... This young lady apparently has the same credentials. So they're looking at the house. She's showing the house. And this rapper Young Jock decides, I'm going to take a look at the house. Very foolishly, leaving these two women alone. So Carly, being ever the honest one, turns to the young lady and she says, are you sleeping with my man? Mm-hmm. The young lady just owns up to it. And the next thing you see is her running. <laughs> and then Carly running after her. And then a whole set of camera crew and other people chasing after the both of them. <laughs> Because Kadia is about to get her ass beat by Carly. <laughs> Good lord. Once again, we'd like to introduce <laughs> Ratchet Television. And I can't stop bitch watching it. So I get to this point in the last week where I'm like, do I want to catch up on the, the impeachment trial? Or do I want to see Jocelyn Mimi Faust fight over CBJ? Hmm. <laughs> And let me guess your answer was yes. <laughs> Why yes? Yes, was. Good grief. And see, I'm sitting here talking about, okay, yeah. Every once in a while, yeah, I was like following the exploits of Benzino and or, you know, this uh, Stevie J fellow. But at the same time, yeah, I'm thinking like, I, I was getting, I'm not, I'm very anti uh very anti-ratchet television. You know, I like to watch programming that is at least simple enough for my taste. But yes, the impeachment trials has kind of 
pushed me to the point of watching things like Maury Povich, Jerry Springer, you know, Jerry Springer offshoot, Steve Wilkos. But apparently, yes, I would like to get back to my regular scheduled programming of soap operas, Jeopardy, maybe Ellen. I don't know, just something so I can give. I need to wash my brain out <laughs> because, yeah, this this whole week and I know it's in the week that will live in infamy, as you will, is a thing that will shape our country. But at the same time, I'm sorry, I had to watch something else. Well, here's the thing. You say that you're not into it, but this weekend, again, I was going through another binge because they were going through the very first season of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, and I hadn't seen it before. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God. So I was, like, totally into it. (laughs) You made fun of me. But by the last episode they streamed, you were, like, joining me and (laughs) cracking our asses off because the whole thing is ridiculous. Like, when Mama D, okay, there's a character on the show who is, like, totally extra, who is the mother of the rapper, Lil Scrappy, and her name is Mama D. Every every rapper has a little something somewhere. I'm just amused by the fact that their mamas get on the show. Like, I could never... Okay, mom, I'm just going to go on television and fight and act a fool and get drunk. And I just want you to be on the show, okay? My mother would never. (laughs) Yes, your mother would never. My mother would never. But their mothers, oh, my God, they're the most extra mothers on the show in the world. And Mama D is this woman who fancies herself as the queen of Atlanta. Her son, Scrappy, is the prince of hip-hop, the prince of Atlanta. (laughs) She fancies herself as a singer. It's it's hilarious. You should Google her. But there's in the first season where she calls this woman a B-I-T-C-H. She calls her a bitch. And then she spells it and she misspells it. She goes, yes, she's a B-I-C-P-H in that order. And by, and by that time, you were on the couch with me, like, dying, laughing, like, I can't believe I'm watching this and you're evil for making me watch it. And I'm like, I didn't make you watch it. You chose that. No, I didn't. <laughs> this is what the television was you on when I sat down. Away. <laughs> I was tired. <laughs> That's my answer. And I'm sticking to it. Oh my God. <laughs> Taking advantage of a sick soul. So, so yeah. Um, Sadly, so, I've been watching a lot of love and hip hop instead yes. of the impeachment. <laughs> yes, that was quite deep. <laughs> and you brought me down to this level. I think you were surprised I admitted it in public. Yes, I am quite a bit, but that's where it is. Well, I realized I had a problem when I was watching it on the train. Because we can get Wi Fi on the train. And I was like, oh, you could have Pluto TV as an app. And watch more love and hip hop. Yes. So, it, seriously, Pluto TV. If you're watching, we I would totally be your spokesperson for this. Seriously, Mona, um, Scott Young needs to hire me because I am just in love with all the franchises, except for Hollywood. I cannot get in Hollywood. I've tried. I just I can't, okay. and I don't know why. I think it's because a lot of the younger, the rappers are younger. Like, I don't care about B2K and all of those people. I think they're out of my age group. But, like, I know who Trina and Trick Daddy is. That was, like, the 90s, and that's my sweet spot. 
So okay. I think that's why I like Miami. Cool. And you're like, I've never analyzed this. No, I'm not, no, in no way. <laughs> you're totally speechless. <laughs> I need to go clear my brain out. <laughs> but you know what? There was one fascinating thing about the impeachment, not related to my latest obsession of love and hip hop that you brought up that I thought it was really kind of crazy. You know, the one about the Hershey's. Oh yes. Quite, quite. Yes. The Hershey's, uh, involvement in the impeachment trials. One of the things we found out early, uh, within the last few days while Jennifer was in her, a little gourmet and a lot ratchet statement. I stand by that decision. <laughs> correct. Uh, one of the things that we found out was during the impeachment trials, because of the uh, rules that were listed in the chamber uh, for the Senate, the congressmen, that being the senators, all 100 who attended uh, the hearings, um, as the prosecutors from the House were learning out their statement, their opening statements, and then the presidential lawyers and or uh, defendants who are laying out, currently laying out theirs, um, their aspect, one of the things that we learned was that the senators were not giving a lot, they were only given uh, so many breaks, they were not allowed to bring their electronic devices, that being the computers, the, the laptops, sorry, the phones or any kind of electronic media in with them. They had to sit there and be attentive. Some of them were able to sneak in books and or pamphlets to read, but they were only allowed to read the articles in which that were placed before them, pamphlets and all. Um, but they were also not allowed to accept during breaks, take uh full food. Right. They can only have water, milk and candy um, and that's all they're allowed to consume throughout the entire trial. So in order to meet this need, Hershey, believe it or not, actually sent them 700 pounds of chocolate to be stored in their candy chest in order to consume during the trial. Correct. So one, that's like crazy. So, you know, actually kudos to Hershey for thinking about that free advertising, because if you think about it, they're going to be focusing their cameras on those senators and all they're going to see are Hershey rappers. So actually, now that I think about it, that's pretty smart. But my question is, how long would it, you think it would take them to eat 700 pounds of candy? Depends on the senators. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, some senators, yes, like, you know, would be moving around. But at the same time, if you have that much candy like dropped up on you, well, we're just going to say for the length of the sessions, some of them are... They're going to be laid out in the middle of their seats during, you know, the trials. I'm thinking to myself, I'm, okay, aside from Hershey's, I know now all these are Hershey's. I'm thinking of some of the, the candy bar names that would be dropped, you know, if they came across said rappers in the, you know, in the trash cans of the chamber, you know, in this so-called candy stock, you know, like things that may or may not be Hershey related. You know, of course, you know, you have your traditional Hershey bar, but sometimes, you know, these centers might want a payday bar. Maybe, you know, they need a little bit of honey. I think you're reading too much into it. Oh, no, I'm going <laughs> deep into this. 
there's a whole lot of butterfingers, hundred grands as you will. Some of these some of these dudes look like milk duds. I'm just saying. I'm trying to think of all the candy names that are getting dropped during this uh impeachment trial. Well, whatever they're getting dropped is, again, kudos to Hershey's for thinking about using this as the ultimate ad campaign. I mean, if we're all forced to sit and watch hours upon hours of um, this trial, you know, the fact that we're entertained by the fact that they're digging into the same chocolate as we're binging, I guess that's kind of a cool way of doing advertising. Well, apparently, according to Hershey's, it's going to be a lot more, even though I'm thinking. Wait, they're sending more? Oh, they might be sending more. Oh, that's insane. Of course, I'm not going to say that because, you know, I think they're on to the Love and Hip Hop New York's <laughs> stream now. <laughs> so I got to get caught up on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So on that note, why don't we take a break? Because I think Big Daddy's looking at me like I'm a little crazy for admitting that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then when we come back, we will... Dig into the rest of pop culture news, not Hershey or love and hip hop related with the segment that we're calling What's Eating Us. Mm. So you're listening to the Gourmet Goober. We'll be right back. Do you know who struggles with creating ideas? People who are actually creative. But do you know what really sucks about being a struggling creative? It's that frustration of starting a new skill. The unbearable phase of being stuck with new ideas. And of course, never knowing when or even how to make a profit from your ideas. You know that feeling. Being a jack of all trades, but master of none. Well, the Conscious Creative Corner podcast is the podcast where real creatives share their secret formulas on how to be irresistibly profitable in their field. So that way you can be a jack of all trade and a master of your money. So if you're ready to leave behind the frustration and exhaustion of not knowing how to live profitably, head on over to the Conscious Creative Corner podcast, where you can gain the skills you need to be a successful magnetic creative. Find it now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And you're listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. And we are now part of the podcast. <laughs> We're now at the part of the podcast, rather where we share um, pop culture and foodie news um, that we were interested in this week and a segment that we're called What's Eating Us. And we couldn't start this segment of the Gourmet Gooper podcast without paying our final respects to one Mr. Bartholomew Richard Fitzgerald Smythe, better known as Mr. Peanut. Mr. Peanut. <laughs> um. And for those of you who are wondering, who the hell is Bartholomew? Actually, Mr. Peanut, actually, that was his full name. And we lost Mr. Peanut this week in a terrible car accident, um, as we were alerted by the folks at Planters. After going off a cliff with actor Wesley Snipes. <laughs> That's a damn shame that Wesley pay his taxes. <sighs> Mr. Peanut sadly gave his life so that Wesley and... Gosh, what was the name of the comedian he was with? Mark Rowe, I think? He was with a guy named Mark Rowe. <laughs> Whatever his name is, he will not be as famous as Mr. Peanut leaving. <laughs> no, no. Um, but hilariously, you probably have heard by now that Planters, in a bid to 
get attention through the upcoming Super Bowl has quote unquote leaked an ad where they revealed the death of Mr. Peanut. Um, the ad, which is posted online and it's gone viral with over a million views, um, showcased Mr. Peanut meeting his unfriendly demise as he goes over a cliff. He and two actors were hanging off a tree. And then to keep them from falling off said tree, sacrificed himself, fell into a car, which promptly caught on fire, like exploded. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Jerry Bruckheimer film. It actually was. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's it's ridiculous. Like at one point, the car goes over a cliff and you see them like falling in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Again, like a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. That's right. The only thing missing is a rock. <laughs> Where they landed on the tree, and um, well, there you go. As luck would have it, Mr. Peanut's demise was actually felt all throughout the advertising community. For everyone from Budweiser pouring out one from said Mr. Peanut. Pouring out one for my dead homies. <laughs> pouring out one for my homies. To Mr. Clean tweeting his respects. Um, for Mr. Peanut's demise. Wow. Um, just in case you're curious, if you want to join in the worldwide mourning of Mr. Peanut, there will be, during the Super Bowl, um, I believe during the third quarter, um, one of the commercials will actually show his funeral live. Um, so we can all go on Twitter, pay respects, and say goodbye to Peanut that got roasted in his final moments of his life. Wow. <laughs> good, good Google Mooga. <laughs> so what do you think about poor Mr. Peanut's demise, Mr. Bartholomew? It's my demise. <laughs> like I have to read it. <laughs> I have to go ahead and read it out, but like I'm just gonna call him Mr. P. Um uh, to the best of my knowledge, I mean I'm one did we really do you really have to go? Do you really have to go <laughs> one? But you like Tupac, is he really gone? <laughs> I'm just saying, is he somewhere like, you know, having him some, you know, sipping on some coconuts under a tree in Bermuda somewhere? So it's a conspiracy theory, and you think Mr. Peanut's actually still alive? Yes, I do. Either there, he, you know, he's got some, you know, young kids that are carrying on a lineage somewhere. Somewhere there's a small peanut offshoot. That is carrying on this legacy, but yes, Mr. Peanut is not dead. Well, here's the weird thing about Mr. Peanut. Okay. Um, the interesting part about Mr. Peanut's demise is when you consider why they consider killing him, and actually, believe it or not, it's tied to. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It is a conspiracy. Was he killed or was it an accident? <laughs> See, aha. But anyway, you were saying. <laughs> I'm just really thrown that you think it's a conspiracy and Mr. Peanut is alive. He's not real. You know that, right? <laughs> mm. <laughs> is he really? I think he's some. I think he and George Washington Carver. I think there's something there. Well, two things. One, my apologist. Apologies, rather, to Mark Rowe. The actor's name is Matt Walsh that he was with. Okay, that's a little different. <laughs> but secondly, 
the death of Mr. Peanut, believe it or not, has a lot to do with the Avengers and the death of Iron Man. What? Now this is going back to <laughs> Thanos? Yes. Was Mr. Peanut being about to be put in that gumbo? <laughs> yes, that's me. But yes, you were saying the Avengers? Yes, the Avengers. So, there's this really great article that goes over it in CNBC. And basically, the the media company, which is Vayner Meteor, um, that actually planned the Super Bowl campaign, they talked to the group's uh, creative director, and they said that they came up with the idea of killing off Mr. Peanut after they talked about how the internet treats when someone dies. Specifically, what they were thinking about fictional characters like when Iron Man died. So when Iron Man died, this guy said, we saw an incredible reaction on Twitter and on social media. And so after that, they were moved enough to say, what would happen if we killed Mr. Peanut? How would the world respond if he dies? So we did the unthinkable, recreated a program and an idea where Mr. Peanut dies and dies specifically sacrificing himself for his friends, which has always been a tenet of what he is and what he does. So... One, it's totally weird that the Avengers, believe it or not, the Avengers Endgame sparked the death of Mr. Peanut. That's, <laughs> that is that's the weirdest scary. thing I've ever heard. Yes, it is. I don't know how to take that. Also, does this go back to like, you know, other, you know, huge, you know, quote unquote fictional characters like going down the, you know, the whole of sacrifice such as superman such as optimus prime i don't know okay first of all don't mention optimus prime that okay that still no, is a sore subject for me my apologies <laughs> when optimus prime died in the 80s and transformers the movie oh my god that i was in my feelings for weeks <laughs> i was one of the many kids of the 80s who were whose stunt- growth was permanently stunted over the death of Optimus Prime. But, you know, same difference. Where they kill <laughs> off someone who's beloved. <laughs> and it became a phenomenon. Although, I gotta say... Mr. Peanut. That I, guy. I don't think I would compare Mr. Peanut with Optimus Prime. Hey. Mr. Peanut... always worry about the best. Peanuts just keep cracking. Okay, that is... That is weird on so many levels, what you just said. Not only that you said it, but you did it in like a I, I was a very Sean horrible, Connery accent. It was a horrible Sean Connery <laughs> drop, but I tried. <laughs> Losers always worry about the best. Peanuts just keep cracking. <laughs> Here's the weird thing, though. Yes. Was Mr. Peanut a selfless character? Because if you think about it, he sold his brethren. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Seriously, he's like a mascot. First people to buy and eat his <laughs> brothers and sisters, fellow peanuts. The How M&M's selfless that. is that? <laughs> Come on now, the M&M's did the same. <laughs> and that's weird too, especially when you saw the commercials where the M- you found out the M&M's ate other M&M's. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was, that was messed up. I mean, think about it. That would be like potato chips being sold by, you know, a potato. <laughs> yeah, the Idaho Spuds. You know, shaving off potatoes, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. You know what that reminds me of? Oh, my God. Pringles, no. No, the bacon cow from Moonoink. Wait a minute, are you going to explain Moonoink to these people? 
Okay. Muinoink is how how do okay. Chicago is known for many things, and one of the things they are known for is having ridiculous commercials. Like our local commercials are legendary. From Eagle Man and the giant eagle landing on the car to a grocery chain that used to exist in Chicago that was literally called Moo and Oink. Mm-hmm. And Moo and Oink's mascot was a pig and a cow. Correct. And they had this song where they would sing about eating spare ribs <laughs> and hamburgers, which is hilarious because you see these costume characters dancing until you realize that they're basically talking about eating their brothers and sisters. Moo and Oink. Yes. Bring it out. Yeah, we got baby, baby, baby spare ribs. <laughs> you more to give. Seriously, if you guys ever need a laugh, do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube and just look up Moonoink. That jingle will stay with you for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's an earwig that you can't get rid of. You just can't get rid of it. The grocery store chains, I think, closed in the early 2000s, although you can still buy Moonoink products. Um, so everything from spare ribs to barbecue sauce. But yeah. Hey, rib tips. Chitlins. And greens for real. That's right. <laughs> it's all part of the song. <laughs> oh my god! We got baby, baby, baby. <laughs> no. See, see, I can't get it out of my mind right now. You can't even mention it without wanting to sing that song. It's right. so iconic. I to, keep like, thinking, television yeah, in that's right. I keep thinking of the brother in the, you know, up in the store, like you know, throwing the chicken in the bag, and he's just smiling. He's grinning. Oh, he's getting down. He's just getting down. I'm sitting here like, <laughs> dude, I hope you ain't dropping none of that chicken on the floor while you just. Magically tossing it in the bag. No, it is it is it it is hilarious from like the people in the store and their cheesy smiles to they're telling you to wave to catfish. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, 30 seconds of happiness. But yeah, if you think about it, Moo and Oink is kind of weird because they're directing you to eat ribs. And chicken. And chicken. And pork. And pork. That's right. So yeah, I'm I'm not really sure Mr. Peanut is like a hero in that regard. <laughs> Somehow we went from random peanuts dying <laughs> to <laughs> you know <laughs> eating chicken and, and brand beef, you know, killing off each other. Yeah, we're we're just some rough people. Yes. So okay, let's get the ship back on the rail. Since we are saying goodbye to Mr. Peanut, I thought I would share some some things that may show up in his obituary. Wait a bit. His obituary. Although we've come <laughs> to, to the, the end of the road. Didn't plan for us to sing, huh? <laughs> I was actually expecting one sweet day, but yeah, same thing. <laughs> Damn it. Then I, have to, then I will owe Mariah Carey some money. Oh, yeah. We, we don't have Mariah Carey money. Okay. We're getting new sponsors, but not that big of a sponsor. <laughs> That's right. So, while we say goodbye to Mr. Peanut, just wanted to give you some some last-minute details about his life. So, one, Mr. Peanut was actually created by a 14-year-old. There was actually a context that was held by what was then known as the Planter Chocolate and Nut Company in 1916 to crown a new peanut mascot. So, at that point, there was a young man by the name of Antonio Gentile. He drew out a doodle of Mr. P. Nut strutting with a cane, 
And after getting FreshNet by a graphic designer and adding the trademark monocle, the design won, and he was awarded $5. $5. $5. Now, bowls of button or cookie. No, $5. $5. Kind of reminds me of what happened to the person who designed the Nike swoosh. <laughs> ah, yes. So, again, for those who are graphic designers out there, trademark your stuff. Because... <laughs> That design is worth way more than five dollars. Just saying. As I said before, that's worth a whole lot of peanuts. <laughs> wah wah. <laughs> anyway, at the name that was given to him by Antonio was Bartholomew Richard Fitzgerald Smythe. Now, according to um, Mental Floss, where I got the facts about Mister Peanut. Mr. Peanut's nutmobile, which they were driving when they went over the cliff, it was the nutmobile. You didn't the know that? The nutmobile. No, I completely missed that. Yes. There is a name for what he was driving. It's the nutmobile. Okay. It actually predates the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Right. And the nutmobile actually was created in 1935 before the Wienermobile's introduction. There's actually a Mr. Peanut and the Smithsonian. Huh. Um, the Smithsonian um, admitted his cast iron incarnation, which weighs way over three pounds, mind you, and to the Museum of American History in 2013. Huh. I did not know this. This is some weird, wild stuff. There's a Mr. Peanut fan club. So uh -huh. Mr. Peanut has appeared in so many different licensed products in an effort to expand his popularity, such as clocks, peanut grinders, coloring books, that a collector was having trouble keeping track of them all. So in 1978, Judith Walterall founded the Peanut Pals, a Mr. Peanut Appreciation Club that actually circulates a newsletter and they hold conventions. So you can join for $20 and you could be a part of the Mr. Peanut Fan Club. Although, will they still have conventions now that he's dead? That's a little morbid. That is morbid. Ooh. 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 Mr. Peanut also ran for mayor of Vancouver in the 70s. Did you know that? No. Like a British Columbia Vancouver? Yes. Okay. So amid a burgeoning art scene in the 1970s Vancouver, a performance artist by the name of Vincent Trasoff decided it would be interesting to run for mayor of the city under the guise of Mr. Peanut. Hailing from the Peanut Party and meant to be a commentary on Nixon area um, politics, he was actually endorsed by William S. Burroughs, and he, be believe it or not, he received 2,685 votes. Are these people just looking for pre pre peanut? <laughs> free peanuts? You are really digging for the peanut comments. Yes, I'm <laughs> telling you, this is how deep this story goes for me. And lastly, another weird thing about Mr. Peanut, he was actually part of World War II. So when, when the U.S. entered the conflict, Mr. Peanut volunteered for service as a character featured on stamps and propaganda posters. So he was next to, like, Rosie the Riveter? Yeah, pretty much. Huh. I did not know that. So Mr. Peanut, hero, patriot, we're a cannibal spokesperson who sold out his brethren. We say goodbye to you. <laughs> <laughs> May you rest in peace. <laughs> right. Holla. 
outside of the death of Mr. Peanut, another we say goodbye, maybe, to another icon that may not be known across the country, but should be. And that is saying goodbye to crystals. So to be fair, they just appeared bankruptcy, so we don't know if they're going to close all together. And if you are not familiar with crystals, crystal is a burger chain that is mainly known in the South. They've been together for over 80 years. And so they filed for bankruptcy and the Associate Press, according to Associate Press, um, on last Sunday. And so right now they are estimate and being in debt between 50 million and a hundred million dollars. Wow. Now the filing again, to be fair, doesn't mean that they're going to be closing their doors. Although they are going to be closing, um, over 40 restaurants, um, over one quarter of that number just within the last month in order to stay to try to keep themselves going. Hmm. So, Again, for our Southern listeners, and we have quite a few that's in Texas and other places, Crystals, I always thought Crystals was like the Southern version of White Castle. Yes, because I grew up with White Castles. Yes, but like White Castles, they're known for their little itty-bitty slider burgers. Um, Were they steam-grilled? No, they are not steam-grilled. That's like one of the major differences between Crystals and White Castles. Although when I went to grad school in Mississippi, I was really confused because there were no white castles everywhere, mm-hmm. but there are crystals everywhere. Um, but yeah, it's actually pretty weird how they're um, they're actually related um, to each other because there are some similarities between crystals, which are mainly known in the south, and then white castles, which are known of north. I, I think the major difference, like you said, is the steam grill, which is the difference between the two. Okay. But um, crystals have really taken um, over the South. So in the decades since they opened in 1932, they're chained. There are over 300 locations, primarily in the Southeast and Texas. So the majority of them are in Alabama, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, and Tennessee. Okay. But then they do have quite a bit in Mississippi as well. Huh. So they're basically known as regional chains. So, again, it's sad because they're pretty iconic burger. Like White Castles, as I mentioned before, they have the little sliders. They have fries, mini dogs, corn dogs. In fact, it's so weird. Like, their menu is almost virtually the same as White Castle. Yes, it is. As far as the offering. The only difference is White Castle steams their burgers and Crystal's does not. Yeah. Okay, I only have two thoughts on this because I I I know once like you flew down south uh, on a trip, and I asked you to pick up uh, a few crystals and try to bring them back on the plane for me to sample to see if they are the same as White Castles, and decidedly enough, with small differences, yeah, they were fairly close. The two things I remember about this were, one, that I think that in the state of Kentucky, I think there's an area where within like a two-mile radius, you could find a White Castle and a Crystal. Oh, that's right. It's like the only place in the country where you can get both. Yeah. <laughs> remember, we were actually planning to go out there just so we could like eat them both at the same time. <laughs> yes, because I'm just... just I really just want to just stand there one day with just holding them both and hopefully 
this, you know, this filing does not indicate that that will not be an option. But yeah, I always want to seek out this place and I do not know exactly where I believe it's in the state of Kentucky or somewhere close to like the Kentucky, Tennessee border where we can do this. The other thing that I guess that was permeated in my mind when you were reading that was this reminds me of this is where my old man bad brain goes. See, they're McDonald's. <laughs> we're McDowell's. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm not sure who came first, but one seems a little close to the other. It is kind of weird how close they, they resemble each other. Yes, they do. Like, literally, the, the only difference is Crystal's is prepared like a traditional burger. Okay. And White Castle's, like I said, they have that steam grilled taste, so the burger's slightly soggy. But, you know, in terms of construction and pickles and everything, exactly the same. It's weird. It is weird. So, it was like, the problem with Crystal's, like, them having to file for bankruptcy was the fact that they couldn't come out with a a plant-based burger like White Castle, or was it the fact that because they're down south, and I know like one of the larger chains down there is like a, I believe it's called Whataburger. Uh, like, did Whataburger like basically try to run Crystal's out of business? Well, I think part of their reason is they said what people's eating choices have changed, which is true. Which goes back to almost a plant-based issue. But so, is it just the fact that they couldn't find a better burger to push out there? And you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of, if you really consider it, um, even with White Castles, it's sort of like a personal preference, right? I mean, with all the different choices now and people, eating habit has changed. And one thing that I noticed that they did mention is the changeover, even with how people eat fast food now, where they have a delivered as opposed to eating in restaurants. And okay. so, believe it or not, that's having an effect. Um, things like Grubhub and things like um, DoorDash are changing the way that fast food um, companies have to present and issue their product. So I imagine that has a lot to do with it. Um, <clears throat> that said, I'm also going to find a way for you know to blame Chick Fil A for this. <laughs> Why would you blame Chick Fil A for it? I think Chick Fil A put a root on crystals. <laughs> Found a way because I would think that yeah somehow crystals will be able to adapt to as you said the the changing fast food culture but somehow Chick Fil A has found a way to put their fingers in this. I think maybe you're blaming Chick Fil A for something they didn't do in this case. I'm doing my best to blame Chick Fil A for everything, but no, I, I I don't know what was going on with them, but yeah, it is kind of hard to hear that they're having financial difficulties. Yeah, well, I certainly crystals is a really great, you know, kind of a cult food down south. So definitely hope that for whatever reason, they can maybe, you know, restore um, the brand to its former glory. That said, um, if you ever wanted to know um, the definite, there's like a weird line, like if you look at a map of where okay. Crystals fall and where White Castles fall, the Huffington Post has a map of the areas are, and literally it's like, the Mason-Dixon line. So <laughs> you just see how the line is divided and all up north of White Castles and all down south are Crystals. 
Now, that's not to say that you can't get a White Castle in the South. Okay. Because when I was in grad school in the 90s and I was in Mississippi for grad school, and when I saw these crystals and I was like, wait, are these White Castles? And my students were like, no, Miss Jennifer, those are not White Castles. To them, White Castles are sewn in the grocery store. You can only get White Castles in the grocery store down south. So I had to explain over and over again how there were actually real White Castle stores that you can get them. And they were confused. So they're like, so do you buy crystals in the grocery store? And I was like, no, there are no crystals up there. Okay. (laughs) This was before the internet. So they had no idea. (laughs) But seriously, you can get White Castles, but White Castles are only sold frozen down there. Okay. Two things. (laughs) I have to interject to the people. So this mean like crystals actually they might have an idea here. I'm just just spitballing this. Because I, me personally, even though I'm I have seen them in our grocery stores here, I have never had a like any of the White Castle sliders frozen. Really? At all. Never. Never bought them frozen. Well, there's really no need to, because there's like a White Castle down the street from us and it's always open. Right. You know, when you get the munchies late, 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 late. Which is really the only time you go for White Castle. That's right. I don't think I've ever been to like, okay, yes, I'm sure I've been to a White Castle in the middle of the day, but every (laughs) single time I've gone to White Castle, it's almost always been at two in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) Just because that's usually when I catch my munchies at a weird time. But, you know, if Crystal's is having financial difficulty, maybe one of the options that they could do is say, hey, maybe we could freeze our stuff and put it out. In grocery stores up north, kind of like as they do with White Castle down south. You know, I thought about that, but would people buy them? Because it would be too confusing. Because you could already get frozen White Castles up north. Mm -hmm. So then if they put a frozen crystal, people would be like, well, what the hell? Why would we want this? Maybe they don't want the steam grilled version (laughs) of White Castle. (laughs) Maybe they won't, you know, real burnt up. (laughs) Fried <laughs> in the microwave <laughs> burgers. <laughs> That's my get down. I'm just saying, Crystal, if you're thinking about it, <laughs> I'm hooking you up. Some free business advice. That's right. <laughs> and I won't charge you much more than $5. <laughs> well, finally, the last thing that we wanted to talk about briefly is actually something um that we heard out of New York, which I think is actually a great idea. Um, So New York City became the latest city to ban what's known as cashless restaurants. And if you are not familiar, what that means is that cashless restaurants and stores, and it's a growing phenomenon. There's a couple places in Chicago that I'm familiar with, one of being Sweet Greens, also Sweet Greens um, is all throughout the country, where you go into the restaurant and there are no um, cash registers. So everything is done um, with a credit card. So you need to have a credit or debit card or prepay card in order to get food there. And recently, people in New York said that they all came by and had enough. And so they spoke up to forbade businesses and let them know that they must accept cash. Mm-hmm. Now, on one hand, I've been conflicted by this, and um, 
we even talked about before we recorded today how we are going to share this because I recently had my ex- first experience with a completely cashless restaurant. Um, well, no, that's not true. I've been to Sweet Greens before, but there were people at Sweet Greens that you could swipe things. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of this restaurant, how do I put this? Um, so this past week I went to a board meeting and I had to take a really late train coming back. So I had some time to kill. So I went to this um, restaurant and I'll talk a little bit more on the best thing I ate this week. Um, But this restaurant, when I entered it, there was no staff members in the store Mm -hmm. when you first walk in. So it it kind of threw me. To be honest, I almost left because I was a little confused. So basically, I went inside. There was a row of kiosks where you can place your order. But before you place your order, you had to swipe your credit card for it to start the order. So you swipe your credit card. And then when you looked at ahead from in the building, there was like this big display screen. And then there's these number of bins. So what happens is you place your order, your name goes up on the screen. When your food is ready, your name is highlighted, and then your food appears in whatever cubbyhole it directs you to. So when I walked in, there was no one to explain what was going on or things like that. There was a little, to be fair, um, under the screen, there was this little itty-bitty um, like window that slides open and close where there was a sign that next to a buzzer said press for trouble or quest for questions. But I didn't notice that immediately. And the only reason why I knew what was going on was there was a woman that was waiting for her order ahead of me. And she turned and looked to me and she goes, you look confused. Have you been here before? And I said, yes, I've been to other stores under this brand name um, in Chicago, but none of them look like this. And she goes, oh, no, this is a new concept. So she walked me through the whole thing and she pointed to the cubby hole. And when her food popped up, she said, watch this. And she walks over, she pressed the door and then her food is like magically there. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. So on one hand, I was really kind of excited because this is not a new concept, although it's new to some parts of the United States. In fact, different areas of the world, like it's very popular in Japan, for example, that have these type of eateries where there are no interactions between the customer virtually and the people who work there. Everything is automated. So on one hand, going through that was really a cool experience. Mm. That said, while I was there and eating, there was an older gentleman. Um, he was a Vietnam veteran because um, we had a chance to chat while they were waiting for his food. And he came into the store and he only carries cash with him. So he didn't have a credit card. And keep in mind, there was no sign on the door that said, we are credit card only. So he came in. He was understandably confused. And luckily, at that point, I was talking to this incredible young man who I'll, again, I will talk about this more on the best thing we ate this week segment because I want to give him some shine. Um, But he was talking to a young man who worked there. And so he walked over, explained the concept. The gentleman seemed really hurt, right? Because he said, well, 
I only carry cash. I don't have a credit card. So he said, no worries. He went in the back where all of the employees were out of sight and they were able to work out something. So they were able to accept his cash. And one hand, I thought, what an incredible act of customer service. This guy was really amazing. Mm. But on the other hand, as I was telling Big Daddy, it really kind of changed my perception. Because on one hand, I was really thrilled to have this experience. But on the other hand, I was just thinking, what if I was that person and to have a credit card or to have a debit card or to be banked? And there's a great, there's a lot of people in our culture who are unbanked for one reason or another. Okay. And just think about how exclusionary that experience would have been for him because he didn't carry cash. And I know you, we decided to bring this up in the podcast because one, cashless restaurants and cashless stores are, is a growing phenomenon in a lot of larger cities. So maybe some of our listeners in smaller cities haven't encountered that, but in Chicago, this is the second of two restaurants that I've personally been in within the past six months that no cash whatsoever. It's all cards. Mm-hmm. But then seeing this gentleman's experience, I guess I didn't think anything of it until I saw that. And then I realized to make that type of disclosure, it's really privileged. And I know when I told you, you had a strong enough reaction and that's why we wanted to bring it up because you had some opinions on it as well. Yes. <laughs> My opinion is, I mean, it varies within, but I am very much vehement about the cashless society. I know why it's there and I know what the simplicity of it is. That being said, if this nation itself was built upon the concept of paper and, um, sorry, money, uh, and coin as as you will, what's that as legal tender, as legal tender. One of the things to go away from that is going to be a jarring event, and I know where it's going, but it's one of those things I have a problem with for so many different reasons. And the quickest outline I can give is, I mean, of course, we're always going to have the thing about um, tendering ourselves to, as you would say, the digital society of, you know, we are going personnel-less. So, yes, you're creating less jobs. That's Yes, that's going to be a huge thing. That's one of those things that, yes, that I, am, I have a problem with, yes. Also, being able to see the cashier, being able to see the person who cooks your food, being able to see the people who usher you in or the customer service people. I know this also goes back to, like, you know, when you go through storage and you go through self-checkouts. The biggest thing I have, this is me personally, with this entire concept of it being a problem, aside from all the known issues, would be security. And it's for the reason of me saying that, you know, you go into these restaurants and you say, hey, you know, I need help with this or I need to pay with this. Well, if you don't have cash, I mean, I'm sorry, if you don't have a card. As you said, yes, it becomes a problem. If you get this and then you can find ways to hack said machines, then you stole from the company and or 
if you find a way to steal cards from, you know, patron, you are not only stealing from the company, you're also stealing from the patron. Whereas with cash, the patron pretty much knows what is being stolen from him immediately. And or it very much creates security risks all over this entire process. Right. You know, there's another thing that came up as well. Um, and without going into a lot of details, because this is his story to tell. Okay. Um, but I had the same week that this happened, um, a good friend of mine who is actually a professor um, at a university um, here in Chicago. He related an experience how he was at a cashless restaurant and there was a gentleman who came in who was homeless. Okay. And the only thing he had um, in order to buy things to eat was cash. And it was a situation where um, my friend, who is an incredible advocate for social justice, so I'm very proud of him, he basically, they initially refused to serve this gentleman. And he spoke up and got them to serve him. And, and it led to a really great discussion online about, yes, if you were without cash, for example, there are other options that are available. But a lot of those options are really kind of hurtful to the patron, the person who takes advantage of it. So, mm. for example, someone pointed out in the comments, oh, well, he could just go and get like a green dot card or something. Okay. But a lot of those cards come with really big fees and things like that. True. So the idea that you have to go through all of these hoops to just get food, it's really, really almost discriminatory if you think about it. And just to give you an idea, um, I read this article in USA Today when I was researching about New York actually banning cashless restaurants. According to um, this USA Today article, 6.5 households um, as of 2017 did not have bank accounts. And for communities of color, um, that amount actually it's double, more than double. So 16.9% nationally don't have access to um, bank accounts among African Americans and 14% of Latino um, households do not have access to bank accounts. So, again, it doesn't mean that they're off limits. You can get, like, a rush card or there's an, any number of prepaid cards you can get. But, again, a lot of times you have to pay dearly in order to use those cards in terms of fees. In fact, there's one card in particular where I know that, for example, there are people in states that when they get unemployment, it has to be paid out in a prepaid card. Okay. But the kicker is to get the money out of the prepaid card there is a substantial fee. Hmm. So you have to pay almost twice in order to get the money that's owed you. And so right now, New York joins Philadelphia, San Francisco, and the state of New Jersey in passing legislation that lawmakers said will prevent businesses from enacting policies that shuts millions of Americans who don't have access to bank accounts, credit cards, or even photo ID. Because remember, in many cases, like if you go to a bank, you need photo ID. Okay. And so true. a lot of times it's restricted there as well. So on one hand, the experience was really, really great um, for me because I thought the whole thing was cool and I'm kind of a foodie nerd. But on the other hand, I'm really glad that 
New York did this, and I'm hoping maybe it's the city of Chicago would think about this too, because when you think about all the people that could prevent getting access to something simple as food, it's really quite disturbing. And we don't want to lead into a society where the gap between the haves and the haves not is widened by access to technology or even something as simple as a debit card. Um, so again, not to be on a you know, high horse, so to speak, or the soapbox, but um, it was enough. It, the fact that they passed this legislation the same week that I had that experience um, really kind of opened my eyes to what an issue that is. So I'm, I'm glad that they did that. And I hope that other cities and other stores will think twice. So maybe they could have just like one register hidden behind um, to allow everyone to have experience because the food I got at this place was really, really great. <laughs> no, and cool. to see the gentleman, because he's never been there before. And while they were trying to negotiate, can we take his cash? We had a long discussion about the food and the things like that. I helped him along with this gentleman pick out what he was going to eat. He really liked it. And the idea that he could have missed out on that experience because of their policy, that they probably didn't put a lot of thought into because let's face it, not a lot of people carry cash, mm -hmm. but people still use cash. So we need to make sure that um, we give everyone access to that. I will say this. I have, uh, I'm going to play a little petulant uh, myself. I have this little game I have, little game I play. And I play it upon the concept of dollars and cents. If two people go into, I don't know, um, a place and you know you have x amount of money you know a little bit extra but you're willing to you know give it to another person sometimes it's a little easier to give it to them in dollars and cents that is in your pocket that you can afford to give to another person as opposed to being able to transfer it to them through a um paypal or a through a paypal or whatever yeah. or a bimbo or something where it you know it actually becomes a financial transaction and that becomes the same way as you would like a person who is in need on the street. It's not like you're going to hand them like, you know, a debit your, card or something. a debit card or right. a Venmo, like, you know, blogging because they don't have that. Also, everybody in Petula for this reason, I have this thing where I go into grocery stores and or some restaurants and please forgive me for what I'm about to say. I used to have this thing where, you know how you would go to like McDonald's or Burger King, wherever you go, it doesn't matter. And you know how you get that random little change back? Right. And it could just be like a couple of quarters, dimes, nickels, whatever, pennies. But you have this change to send like, let's say your car. Right. Sometimes it grows to a certain level. And I know like you can go put it in a piggy bank somewhere that will save you that time. But sometimes you don't always carry it back in your house. One of the things I started to do, like, you know, it would be in my desk or it would be in my car, would be sometimes I would go into grocery stores and or maybe some restaurants. And sometimes I just feel compelled. You know, when you go to the self-serve machines, I basically would pay for, like, random little things with just my coins. <laughs> That's my That was my jam, just to go into certain places and just mess with the self-serve machines and give them nothing but coins. Okay. First of all, I'm sure they really love you for that. 
That's okay. For the people who have to count it, so be it. But Although, that's what it's there for. To be honest, I've been known to like if I go to like a vending machine or something, um, if I get changed back, I leave the coins in the sh- machine sometimes because I remember when I was in college, you know, there's many a time when I've stayed awake writing a paper and needed that Mountain Dew, and someone was kind enough to do that for me so I could have a few change left in order to buy it. <laughs> so now I do it as a way of paying for it. But no. just the idea that we're coming to a society that, you know, doesn't accept it. Um, that's really kind of sad. So if nothing else, we hope that maybe bringing that to people's attention, will, you'll think a little twice before, you know, what moving to a cashless society as far as food and groceries and things like that, what that means for everybody. Right. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. And then when we return, we're going to wrap up today's episode while talking about the best thing we ate this week so we're you're listening to the gourmet goober podcast and we will be right back hey guys this episode of the gourmet goober podcast is brought to you by audible and right now listeners of the gourmet goober can get one free audiobook and a 30-day free trial by going to audibletrial.com backslash gourmet goober I love Audible. I think I've talked to you guys on the podcast before about how I have this epic commute. And by epic, I mean up to two hours each way, you guys. And what makes it possible is Audible. And with over 180,000 titles to choose from, there's always something new and great to listen to. Like my new favorite, now I'm listening to an oldie but goodie, Succulent Wild Woman by Sark. So if you want to find your best life, listening to audiobooks in the car, on the train, or wherever, just go to audibletrial.com backslash gourmet goober. That's audibletrial.com backslash gourmet goober to get your free audiobook and a 30-day free trial. Thanks for listening. Back to the show. Hey everyone, I'm JJ Outlaw. And I am T Outlaw. And you are listening to the Gourmet Goober. Welcome back. We are wrapping up the podcast as we do every episode where we talk about the best thing we ate this week. That's where we share the out of the way place, the major chain restaurants, um, the hole in the walls that sell the best food. Basically, we wanted to just give you details on really great places you can find not only in the Chicago area, but outside the area as well as we come across them. And it's always we tell you in the show notes where you can get your own. So. Whenever we start out the segment, we always start out with Big Daddy and sharing. So, Big Daddy, what was the best thing you ate since the last episode? Oh, uh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wasn't expecting that as a response. <laughs> Do you need a minute? <laughs> no, no. I didn't have a minute. I was just being dramatic. <laughs> no, the best thing I ate this week, I actually went quite debushy. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if uh, once I release this, if my wife is going to let me like eat anywhere because I probably put a few pennies down or something. But I was afforded the ability this week to partake of like an I would assume it's like an appetizer. So because it's from the happy hour menu, but I was able to get food from the 
exquisite little steakhouse in Chicago on Ontario called the Chicago Chop House. Wait, you went to the Chicago Chop House? No, I did not go to the Chicago Chop House. <laughs> I got food from the Chicago Chop House. It was delivered. I'm so jealous. The Chicago yes, Chop House is really good. Yes, it's called Uber Eats. And yes, Uber Eats is a thing. <laughs> but yes, I was able I to- I work downtown and I can get to Chicago Chop House. That's right. <laughs> I Rub it the, in. <laughs> I got the hookup. They don't deliver to Humboldt Park. <laughs> but they deliver to the West Loop, kids. <laughs> but yes, I was able to partake of an appetizer because that was about all I can afford. Maybe that and some water. But I sampled something called, because they had a prime rib a set of sliders of three. I was able to partake of something called the filet tip, which is about the same price, but it's a slightly different set of sliders. Um, it comes in threes. Um, it had aioli, sharp cheddar, um, of course, a good chop of meat. Um, also had red peppers, um, some peppers. I'm sorry, some pickles that I may have kicked to the side, but, um, the way that it was cut, because it had a good sesame bun. Oh, this was a uh, exquisite beef, quite exquisite beef. Um, I may have downed it a little bit with my own special barbecue sauce that I carried, but these were really, really lovely sliders. It really made, as you would say, the crystals and or the White Castle set of sliders. It put them to shame because <laughs> these were really, really good sliders. That, ladies and gentlemen, was the best thing I ate this week. Well, the Chicago Chop House, they're kind of well known for their cuts of beef. So I'm not surprised. Although you're right, I am hella jealous because <laughs> they are so good. I was blessed enough to have them a couple of times when I was working closer to downtown. Sadly, mm. they do not deliver to where I work in Chicago. L work a little bit further up northwest than the Chicago Loop. So, kudos to you for being able to get your hands on some. Y you know, if you thought about it, you could have ordered your wife some too. But hey, <laughs> it was fourteen dollars worth it for me. Oh my gosh! <laughs> okay, a little pricey, but considering what I once played for muscles and frites, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> good lord it, hey those muscles and frites were hella good i stand by that decision <laughs> mm -hmm. well the best thing i ate this week i hinted on it i talked about it a little bit in the past the last segment um but i wanted to go in more detail now because it was a great experience more than just the food um but it was for the people who work there which is weird because when I entered this restaurant, there was nobody there who worked there, at least that was, you know, in plain sight. But um, I'm going to pick, there's this chain of stores. They're not available everywhere, um, but it's called Wow Bao. And Wow is W-O-W and Bao is B-A-O. And if you're not familiar with Bao's are, they're like little buns um, that usually are served steamed and they're filled with different items so you can get them either sweet and they have some with like chocolate or like a coconut paste 
or there's more savory, which is barbecued pork or chicken or different things inside. And you can get other things besides bao too. I mean, they're known for their baos. It's in the name. Um, in fact, when I got there, I went in part because this whole week I had this insane craving for pot stickers. I don't know why. I don't know where this came from. Actually, now that I think about it, now I do. There's a YouTuber by the name of Deboki. Um, Debuki, yeah, and he. You I just made that up. No, really, I think that's what how you pronounce it. He is this um, really great YouTuber who does cooking demonstrations that I've been obsessed with because as of late he's been cooking with that electronic or electric um, lunchbox, the one that you've probably seen all over Instagram and different places, where basically you can carry your lunchbox with you to work, plug it in, and actually make fresh meals on the go. Okay. So I've been obsessed with those as of late. And so his um, YouTube series as of late as well, his girlfriend gave him one. And so he's been doing a series of videos showing all the different great things you can make with a lunchbox. Mm. So one day last week, I saw him make some pork dumplings and I've been obsessed with making them ever since. And I, to the point where I went to the store and I was looking for, um, some gyoza or poked, um, or dumpling wrappers in order so I can make my own. Um, I couldn't find it. So at one point I attempted to, um, try this recipe where it was like pot sticker noodles, um, based on pork dumplings. It didn't turn out the way that I had hoped for. Mm -hmm. So basically I found myself at wow, bow, long story short, looking for some dumplings. And that's what led me to that experience where it was the completely cashless restaurant. Bow Wow or Wow Bow? It's called Wow Bow. Thank you. Because I was going to think a little Bow Wow. <laughs> but here's the crazy thing. The best thing I ate was not the dumpling at this restaurant. Okay. The best thing I ate or had at this restaurant, believe it or not, is that along with the Wow Bow to drink instead of getting like a traditional drink, I saw that they had a Thai bone broth on the menu. And I said, what the hell? I got a few dumplings. Let's get some bone broth. Thai bone, bone broth. Right. So what bone broth is, in a nutshell, bone broth is basically stock. Okay. Mm. I know people have heard about it. It's a new trend. But basically your mama, made, your grandmama probably made bone stock, bone broth and called it stock. Um, the only difference between bone broth and stock is stock traditionally, they're made the same way. So you take by boiling bones and vegetables and different things, and it comes up with this really rich broth to choose from, right? Broth is usually thinner than stock. And the reason being is stock is usually thicker because it has a lot of the collagen that's released from the bones in the cooking process. Is it a particular type of bone or just general? Um, well, it could be made of different things. In this case, at the restaurant, it has a chicken bone broth brace. Okay. Um, but it also had like ginger and lemongrass and um, lime, and it had all of these flavors. And you could tell they didn't skimp on the cooking process because when you got the, you get it in the cup, and it's like served in like, you know, like what you find on a latte with like the top on it and everything. But it was so. Like the smell, first of all, when you get it, it's such an intense smell and you can, you could tell that they spent hours 
preparing this broth. It's just smelled amazing. And the taste, oh my God, I spent the whole week craving dumplings. Mm-hmm. But my favorite thing out of this whole experience was that bone broth. Um, I got to say, it's probably the best soup I had in a while. It totally hit the spot um, with the flavors being so layered, but you can still s- taste the chicken. So all the flavors didn't overpower it. It was just really kind of a great experience from the smell of it to just the actual flavor. So um, if you're into that, and I know there's a lot of people who really obsess over bone broth, and I know it's weird that the best thing I quote unquote ate this week was the bone broth. Okay. That said, I can't recommend it enough. Here's the weird thing. I don't know if it's available at all the wow bows. And the reason why I say this is I went back online tonight because I knew we were going to record this segment. And so I wanted to make sure that I got the name right, right? Like I thought at first it was like a Thai lemongrass bone broth, but no, it's a thyme bone broth. And, but I noticed it wasn't on the menu. And so I actually called Wowbow like a location and asked, and I learned two things. One, they're not on the menu everywhere. And when I looked online, um, there were some people who referred to it as just being in Chicago. Okay. Um, so that could be one thing. Um, the other thing I found out is if you obsess over bone broth, or not bone broth, if you obsess over wild bow like I do, believe it or not, you can actually get wild bow now in grocery stores. So at all the Jewel Osco locations within the Chicagoland area, you can get your own wild bow and pot stickers. So if you can't make your way to the location, you could just get your own. Sadly, they don't have the grocery store version of this bone broth, which if they did, I would stock up on it because it is fabulous. <laughs> hmm. But really, it's an amazing thing. So I cannot recommend that enough. Um. The other reason why this is the best thing I ate this week was, as I mentioned before, the experience of actually going. So, first of all, if you want to go and try Wild Bow, this store that I went to, which was at 225 Michigan Avenue, is one of the few Wild Bows that are cashless. But there are some traditional Wild Bow locations that you can go and spend cash and do different things. I've been to those before. In fact, there's only two in Chicago right now that's cashless. The one that's at 225 Michigan Avenue, and then the location that's near the water tower, that one is cashless too. Okay. So otherwise, you can go to any other wild bows within the Chicago area. If you're unbanked, if you don't carry a debit card or credit card or whatever, just know that you can go to those other locations. Um, but with this location, I want to give them a special shout out as well, because there's a... a a young man that I met, um, met before, I think I talked about in the last segment, his name is Peyton Hutchins. Mm-hmm. And he is so amazing. I just wanted to like give him like the ultimate shout out on the podcast because while I was enjoying this meal, he came out and he was, you know, tidying up or whatever. And we got into this really great conversation. And I was enthusing about this being my first experience and seeing the little food show up in the cubby hole and how cool that was. And I asked him what it was like to work in that environment. And so he was really great. And he shared with me how he thought it was very neat too, but 
from the employee side, he thought it took away from the experience of interacting with the customers, which is very true. And I imagine if you're used to working in a restaurant industry, that's a very big part of it that you miss out on working in that location. The other thing that I want to just commend him for is, again, when the gentleman came into the store and he only carried cash and he was an older gentleman, he didn't quite understand how to order. Peyton and I were talking during this time. He excused himself. He went and helped this um, gentleman and he was just so incredibly patient and worked with him and explained the whole process and all the food and things like that. I was just incredibly impressed. And for me, part of the reason why I got into food blocking so many years ago was not just for the food, but I, I think there's something comforting and unifying about the whole dining process, right? From the time that you walk into a store or walk into a grocery store or go into a restaurant and interact with the people who work there and really get to know um, the restaurant. I mean, all of that is just as important to me as the food. And seeing someone just being so incredible with the customers, because I imagine, depending on where this gentleman went, he, just like in the experience of my friend who's the professor, mm. he could have been shooed away. It's like, no, we don't take cash. You got to go. But then this gentleman would have missed out on a great experience, right? And so the see Peyton take the time to really work with him and, you know, really talk with this gentleman, that really makes a difference. And he's one of the great reasons why, even though I'm not exactly sold on the benefit of a cashless restaurant, if you go to any cashless restaurant in Chicago, I highly recommend this location because if nothing else, hopefully you'll have a chance to meet Peyton and experience that same great service because he was really amazing. So Peyton, if you're listening, thank you for making my trip to Wild Bell so memorable. So I really appreciate that. So that wraps up another episode of the Gourmet Goober. Big Daddy, where can they find you online? They can find me, Tiala, online at Tiala on Twitter and on Instagram at Tiala Josie Wells. You can find me, JJ Outlaw, at JJ Outlaw on Twitter, um, at Gourmet Goober on Instagram. And as always, if you have a question, you have a comment, you just want to share, you can always drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. So for Big Daddy and I, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Until next time, happy eating. Happy eating. <laughs>